0: Ah, oh, genius! I mean, these these little moments, are... Uh, oh, nuggets! That's the, Pure go- gold. That's the gold that yeah. people will gloss over. Yeah. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson, Richard James, and Chris Day. <laughs> How exciting! <laughs> Well, come on, I'm trying to generate a bit of, you know. It's really working well. It is very exciting. Hello. It's pod 296 of the Jerry Anderson podcast. Pod 296. They know that because they've been listening and then watching every week since day one. Not necessarily. (laughs) It could be somebody's first time. If so, welcome along to the Jerry Anderson podcast. Yes. That other voice you can hear is Richard Neinstein James. That's right, but my middle name isn't actually Neinstein. Come on. Okay, for the purposes of the Jerry Anderson podcast, it is. And across the table from me is Jamie. Hmm. I haven't got all day. Anderson. Brilliant. How's that? Yeah. I the... couldn't think of any characters beginning with L. I mean, you could have just done the actual uh, middle name, which is Lionel, because uh, that does have relevance to the uh, yes Jerry Anderson universe. Yes. What was the uh, pod number for the Sean Feast interview? I don't know that. But if you want to know more about Lionel Anderson, that's the one to listen to for sure. Yeah, 30 something, yeah. maybe. It's very early, early days. days. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but since then, and even before then, we've been joined every single week by the randomizer himself. Yes. Chris Dale. Hello, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, guys. Oh, there he is. He always looks so happy to be here, doesn't he? Yeah. I tell you what, it made his day, nay, his year, a few weeks ago when he had Sooty on the randomizer. Dad uh, didn't remember. Didn't know about that. (laughs) Scandalous. Uh, Yes, how exciting. No, Ronnie LeDrew was great. Yeah, he was fun, wasn't he? Yeah, I've seen a few people commenting very favourably on his interview. Yeah. And on your interviewing, in fact. Well, I didn't want to say anything. Anyway, uh, shall we move (laughs) on? Shall I tell you what's coming up in this wonderful uh, podcast? Well, it's up to you. (laughs) Okay. yeah, I think I will then. Okay, please uh, do. So, in a moment, we've got Fab Facts. That's Ooh. when you take oh. the wonderful tome of Fab Facts, flick through it, I shout Fab, and you rest upon a page, shout out the fact. No, you don't shout it out, you read it out. I can shout it if you <laughs> <No>! want. <laughs> okay, look forward to that. Uh, we've got a news digest this week because it's the first of the month. Yes. First podcast of the month. There's quite a lot of news month. that has been happening and will be happening. So wow. That's, yeah. Exciting. I actually made a list today rather than having to wing it. Oh, well done. Uh, a very special guest in the studio to be interviewed by Chris Dale. Really, Nicola Bryant. Oh, I mean, I don't need to say any more than that. I'm not even going to say that she was, you know, Doctor Who companion actress, uh, you know, Blackadder, and oh, Casualty, Holby City, all sorts of stuff. Everyone knows Nicola Bryant. I just need to say Nicola Bryant. Thank goodness you wasted no time by giving her CV in short form. (laughs) And then Chris is back with the randomiser. I mean, he's a busy boy. He 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 is very busy. He's doing some. Very exciting secret things, which it, I can't talk about. Uh, not even in, in the news? Uh, no, I'm just alluding to them now. Alluding. That's it. Mm. Uh, And then, of course, we've got the voice of the podstrons. Our wonderful viewers and listeners have been emailing us, as ever, podcast at jerryanderson.com and I shall be reading out their thoughts and comments, and probably so will you. I might. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Depends if I can be bothered. That's all I've got to offer. How does that sound? Ah, uh, That's plenty. Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? Mm. Good. So do you want me to go into fab facts, shouting the fab fact today? Oh, God, go on, then. <laughs> okay. Here's a very shouty oh. Fab Fact. Now,
1: time for this
0: week's Fab Facts. Uh, yes, Fab Facts. I know. Got a book of Fab Facts. There it is. Uh, same old book, same old tome. It's just, it's the tome that keeps on giving. Uh, okay. No? Oh, uh, yeah, sure, if you like. Okay, well, you've already explained the rules, so yeah. should we just do it? Yeah, go on, All yes. All right, here comes the flicking. Fab! <gasps> ah! Oh. Well... Good. I, Did instant, I do well? I've instantly seen... Have I pleased you? Yeah, yeah, you have uh, pleased me. I've instantly seen a word uh, that pleases me right. in this fab fact. Donut? So... <laughs> That's um, a bit a Lamb? <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are both no. offensive in their own <laughs> way. Uh, okay, so shouted, here we go. It's <laughs> no, 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 Joby, Joby. You don't have to shout it. That oh. was my mistake. You just speak normally. Okay. <clears throat> Richard James, Hello. it's fair to say that one of the most popular parts of Terrorhawks was the end credits sequence. Yes. Uh, no Terrorhawks haters, not because it meant the show was over, but because it was time for the Zeroids and Cubes to engage in a game of noughts and crosses. Love like, Tic Tac Toe for our American it, it. listeners. Tic Tac Toe, yeah, what's that about? Is that. I, don't, I mean, we have got a resident American in the studio today. Oh yes, Ben Page is Ben Page, this why is it called Tic Tac Toe? Do we know? No. Said. Oh that's French It's not even American Amazing I don't know what it is in French Okay moving on The idea uh, that the end credits Should feature a game Involving the zeroes and cubes Came from animator Kevin Davis Who suggested first chess And then drafts But dad was keen to keep it simple And suggested the noughts and crosses That we all know and love Right Unless you're American Yeah Now, there were 39 episodes of Terrorhawks, but the Norts and Crosses game was only played across 38 of those, since the Christmas episode instead featured a still of Sergeant Major Zero dressed as Father Christmas over the end credits, obviously. Brilliant photo, that. So, with an even number of episodes featuring the Norts and Crosses game, does that mean that both sides had 19 victories and 19 defeats? Oh, well, the law of averages would suggest that, wouldn't it? Yes. Right. You're right. Oh, there you go. And we know because we've counted. (laughs) Now, although there were 38 Noughts and Crosses games played, the Terrorhawks animators didn't actually animate 38 different games. How dare they? Instead, three games were animated in which the Zeroids won and three were animated in which the Cubes won. Right. By flopping those six games over, you got six more games. Clever. It was 12 games. Yeah. Plus one more unique to the first episode – uh, that each appeared that, uh, that one each appeared three times more or less over the course of the series. Okay. As for whether anyone working on the show was keeping track of whether the Zeroids or cubes were winning, no, who knows? No. <laughs> <laughs> Although had Hawks not returned for a second season, then the first season would have ended with the cubes beating the Zeroids 13 games to 12.
2: Ah,
0: right. However, we should point out that the cubes only ever won by cheating. Right. So really, they should have been disqualified after the first episode, and therefore, the Zeroids win by default. Oh, okay. Controversial. Yeah. Nice. That's it. That's the fan fact. That's it? That was quite yeah. short. It was short, wasn't wow, it? Wow, I like that one. Short, sweet, yeah. naughty and crossy. Short the better. Uh, interesting, though, that gives people something to hang on to, doesn't it? I have a that sequence at the end. Does, does it? Well, it, you keep watching. Okay, is you watching? You? It's a bit like our end-of-show bands that, you know, keeps people... To... Watching throughout the whole thing. That of the keeps the retention rates up on, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Stops them dropping to zero and drop <laughs> yeah, to 1% instead. Only because I'm watching. i mm. watch them all. Yeah. Watch the straight Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Good. Well, that's, a, you... that's a nice little sweet Terrorhawks yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And who doesn't remember that closing sequence? Uh, well, anyone who's never watched Terrorhawks, I guess. Fair enough. So go, so go you, you should go and watch Terrorhawks if you haven't already. All so, right. So you can just what, see now? that end title sequence. Yeah, let's go and do that. <laughs> okay, Okay. okay. Well, there you go. Nice. Uh, so I guess that brings mm. us. Very tidily to the end of this week. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Tic Tac Toe Facts.
0: Yeah, where were you going with it? I don't know where I was going with it. I just oh. stopped after the letter G. Okay, fine. Uh, you're watching, <laughs> Nay, listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast. Maybe doing both. Some people do both. Some people watch them. Yeah, thing. they should be. Yeah. Here's a thought for you. Did you know the Jerry Anderson podcast is now premiering on a Sunday evening on YouTube on video at 7pm. I'd noticed you'd been playing yeah. around with that. So, uh, Do you want to you explain know, your thinking? Well, it's Sunday night, isn't it? I thought it might be a nice opportunity for all the podstrons and casual viewers to gather around their laptops and their phones and join us for the premiere on a Sunday night yeah. at 7 o'clock. Well, or their smart TVs, because they can you know, yeah. bring up the YouTube app. I mean, on... what else is there on a Sunday? Antiques Roadshow? I mean, this is sort of an Antiques Roadshow in its own way, isn't it? <laughs> so... Oh dear, there we go Uh, Now, uh, we did promise, didn't we, that every fourth podcast There would be a bit of a news digest Oh, yes So I think that's over to you, Jamie Let me just put back my coffee and I'll do that always prepared First up as many of you already know, because you will have bought tickets... Oh, yes! by for action two: Tunes of Danger. Amazing. It's coming on the 13th of July at Symphony Hall, Birmingham, mm-hmm. uh, hosted by John Colshaw mm-hmm. and Genevieve Gaunt. Lovely. With a very special surprise still to be announced. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Do you want me to bring my off or in underpants? Is that... <laughs> or no? not again, please. <laughs> I've now got images of... It was Paul, wasn't it? Yeah, Wearing yeah. his officer or in underpants yeah. in, the co- in the concert <laughs> hall. Okay, let's move on from that. Uh, so this show is not the same as last time. Oh. New content. Great. Uh, some new content that was much requested. I'm not going to go into this yet because sure. it's to be announced. Oh, yeah. Um, but there will be um, a, a, a filmic uh, theme, Right, possibly? okay, yes. Yes, I think I that'll, know where you're going with that, yes. probably do. Yeah. Um, some things that didn't make it into yep. last time yeah right um and lots of kind of medleys and sweets because the one wow. thing i felt lots last time i don't know how you felt but when john was introducing a block of tracks even just say uh space 90 ufo and space 1999 themes mm. There'd be a little gap between. Yeah. And people would be like, well, they want to clap. Yeah. But the next thing was starting because it was really rigidly timed to the video. Yes. This time everything is going to sort of smoothly flow from one to oh, the other. So you'll wow. be able to sit and be immersed in kind of seven, eight, nine, ten minutes of just pure Anderson musical joy. Fantastic. How does that sound? That sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. Well, that's happening. So can, I, can I go? Yeah, I've got you on the list already. Oh, brilliant. Thanks. Now, I don't know if there's going to be anything else around it like a live podcast. That was quite a just don't know. It's quite yeah. a lot last time yeah. to, to try and <laughs> do. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see what we can do. There will be some other bits and pieces happening in and around Birmingham, I'm sure. So uh, stand by for more announcements oh, on okay. that. Yeah. Uh, you will have also seen, I'm sure, the recent pre order release of the Fireball XL5 Technical Operations Manual and Special Edition. Ooh. By now, the time the podcast goes out, Special Edition's mm-hmm. probably sold out, I suspect. 12th of February. Mm, yeah, they were they were maybe ten left when I looked last, so probably sold out. Uh, that will be coming in April, I think. Yeah. Delivering in April, right. so not that long. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing, really lovely retro design, and you know another one of our fantastic technical manuals. Uh, Chris Thompson mm-hmm. being uh, an incredible uh, create a prolific outputter mm. of uh, technical stuff. <laughs> I bet that's the first time he's been called that. A prolific outputter. Mm. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, have you watched the Into Infinity Blu-ray? Uh, Not yet. I must confess. That's. uh, I have been a bit busy. That's bad form of you. Yeah. Sorry about that. Didn't know I was supposed to. A full of tuts there of you. Mind Uh, you, I haven't. I wasn't sent a copy, so. Oh, okay. Well, tut tut to me in that case. Uh, (laughs) But it's got a lovely extra feature. Made by our very own Chris Randomizer Dale. Oh, yes, filmed by Ross Arrowsmith, your oh. your favourite member of the podcast, uh, I believe. Well, Actually, not, after no, not this after, Not after this yeah. morning. Let's move not on. Not the uh, the screen debacle. I know. Yeah. ridiculous. How long has he been here? Mm. Uh, it's a lovely thing. Looks great. Interview's fantastic. Brian blessed. I mean, Brian yeah. blessed. Just being Brian blessed that's and brilliant. an amazing audio commentary with him and Kate Levy. lovely It's yeah, it's a lovely thing. Uh, <laughs> that's a limited edition. Well, there's maybe 150 of the thousand left. I think. Mm-hmm. So if you want it. Do grab it. It's uh, region ABC, so you can play it anywhere in the world. Um, Now, I've written the phrase lovely Stingray, Oh, not sure what that meant. Maybe you were just going to say generally that Stingray is Isn't quite stingray lovely. But that's lovely. not really news though, is it? Because we No, know that, anyway. I think it's actually the Corgi Stingray, special edition, sold out in 12 hours or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lovely little model, mm-hmm. I've got mine on my shelf already. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are out of stock of the standard, but I think it'll be back in fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Stingray actually, yeah. it's coming talking pictures. It's it. Yeah, our lovely friends at Talking Pictures have Great. done Fireball and Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. They've now uh, added Stingray to the roster. That starts mm-hmm. on the second of March. Great. So if you're in the UK, it's free to air. I think. Yes. Uh, on I don't know what the channel numbers are, but no, just I don't. search for Talking Pictures TV mm-hmm. and you will find it. Uh, I've seen some lovely reviews coming in for the Terror Hawks books that we did for the oh, 40th anniversary, yeah. particularly for um, Flaming Thunderbolts, mm-hmm. the complete story of Terror Hawks, a mm-hmm. lovely thing. Uh, and my final thing on the uh, news digest is. Stand by for more. Standing by for action. What on earth could that mean? Stand by for more. Standing stand by, by for, for action. action. Yes, but that's you've already covered that, haven't you? What's this? Something no, this else? is something else. So yeah, so stand by for more. Standing by for action. Postrons well, What a tease. Uh, that's me. <laughs> and that is the end <gasps> of this week's yes? Jerry Anson News Digest. Oh. oh, that was the news. That was the news. Digest. Digest. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Excellent. Good. Uh, could- uh, Can I just say? Yeah, that was not rehearsed well that, I that, think that's that plainly thing. obvious no, but it was, I watching. think it was perfect it was beautiful
2: uh, it was lovely it? Yeah. that's
0: that's what nearly 300 episodes does for you <laughs> right, that sort of the- simpatico yeah. vibe between us where you yeah. can just, just riff off that digest yeah. thing yeah. amazing yeah. Yeah. It's taken us that long to get there. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. And it won't happen again. Robert. No, never. Uh, right, uh, coming up a bit later, we've got the voice of the Podstrons because our lovely viewers and listeners have been emailing us at podcast at mm. Uh Also, I should say, of course, uh, you know, you can subscribe to us on whichever platform you're listening. They don't or... have to, but we'd love it if you would. Oh, they don't have to. Well, I looked at the Apple stats that's... recently. Yeah. It's improved. Yeah. Do you remember, before? it was something ridiculous, like 7%, wasn't mm-hmm. it? it mm-hmm. It's actually close to 20%. Well done. Well so done, you. So Thank you for that's that. That's pretty good. But there's still... Something like four four thousand people a month on Apple alone yeah. that don't subscribe. Yeah. Well Or don't we follow. So what are you playing? Um, uh great. Uh, also the randomizer coming up a little later, but before yes. that yes. I think it's time to be, to let Chris Dale off the uh, off the leash. Oh not again. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he's got an interview with the wonderful Nicola Bryant. Shall oh. we uh, hand over to Chris Dale and Nicola? Let's have a nice rest. <laughs>
3: Having trained at the Weber-Douglas School of Dramatic Art, this week's guest's first professional role was the American companion Perry in Doctor Who, a part she played for three years. But that's just the beginning of her many talents. She has also made guest appearances in Blackadder's Christmas Carol, Casualty, Doctors, Holby City, and three series of The Biz, as well as numerous appearances on the stage. It's Nicola Bryant.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. you.
3: Nicola, thank you ever so much for coming all the way to Slough today to see us and be part of the Gerry Anderson podcast. Did you have a good journey? Uh,
1: Yes, actually. It was fairly simple. Good. So, yes.
3: (laughs) Now, one of the earliest guests we had on the podcast was uh, one of your Doctor Who successors, Miss Sophie Aldred, whose uh, Anderson fandom is is reasonably well known. But we gather that you too were also watching quite a few Anderson shows as a little girl.
1: I I think... All. Oh. All. Oh. I think all. Oh.
3: That's quite Unless a claim to make. Unless i missed one. Yes.
1: But um, I think no, I think there is one that I didn't catch, which um, when I was looking through them all, I was thinking, oh, I don't remember seeing that. And I think, I, I mean, I know of Joe 90, but then oh, there yeah. was another one, I think, before but, or after that I didn't.
3: Yes, match. even more obscure. Yes. Okay, well, you sound quite confident on the whole mm. identifying well, we'll these these shows yes. front. so we're going to open with a little game we like to play called oh. Super Identification. Right. This is where I'm we show test you. Me. Yes, indeed. Brief clips <laughs> okay. of all eighteen Jerry Anderson oh, shows. Okay,
1: I don't have eighteen. <laughs> <Am I
3: They're, laughs> they go past very quickly. Uh, right. But when you know them, you can okay. shout out uh, right. what they are, and we will keep score on a little cardboard figure of oh you oh dear yes oh dear so if you are ready okay. we will run super identification and I see how remember well you sign do signing
2: up
1: for this <laughs> <laughs> that's not is it Was that it might oh, be. sorry, sorry. am <laughs> I supposed to keep up with this no well, I you, don't just, know shut
3: up what, what you think Reed. they are
1: okay well that's our that's our that's our terror holds, is it no oh gosh I am not doing very well here that's I wish I was a spaceman Stand by for action Oh, you okay. know that one's Thunderbird. No, that's... That's Stigma. There we go. There we go, Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. Yes. Oh, i got two so far or something. Captain Scarlet. Yep. Joe Ninety.
2: Yep.
1: Now, this is... That was Father Something, but I... We didn't have that one in my no. area. Okay, so now we're. It's, that was UFO. And it's the pretenders. And that's UFO.
3: This is an emergency.
1: Okay, so then. No, 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 Was that. <laughs>
2: just... <laughs> I'm you just you try what, to stop
3: now, don't you?
1: I
2: just want to watch them. <laughs>
1: No, I can't do this. No. I'm hopeless. I can't work that fast. Aww. What that was useless. What did I get? Like three or something. Uh, I
3: make it five, there. Five, okay. Um, yes. There were a couple that I, I think you knew. I wasn't sure whether that the, was. The like, word out is that time. going
1: into another one? Or no, I should have looked at no. the numbers. So
3: one. I'm gonna officially mark you as five.
1: That's about my age. If yes. you're happy with that, yes, yes indeed. Do.
3: And we shall add you to our little roster. Which
1: is probably at the bottom. Uh, No, you're not. Oh, right. okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, when you were watching these shows Mm. when you were younger, um, which ones specifically do you remember, regardless of of getting the titles there?
1: Um, The first that I remember um, was Stingray. And I think if I'm getting these in the correct chronological order... um, and I'm, I'm thinking how... So what was the year of Stingray? Can you uh, tell well, me that? Well, this is the
3: 60th anniversary year, so, so it's 64. It's
1: 64. Yeah. That would make sense. So I'm starting to worry about myself, thinking about the thoughts I had as a four-year-old while watching this show. Oh, dear. Um, yes, because I think what I can trace is that I basically fell in love with most of the leading men in the Gerry Anderson series. right. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. I'm these think are a bit young, but puppets, hey, obviously. The puppets, yes? The puppets. The puppets, the okay, puppets, right. Yes, I know. I am certified. I
3: wasn't sure whether to, to ask you about this, <laughs> but yes, since you brought it up.
1: <laughs> well, they, it was geared to that, Yeah, I think, in so many ways. They were
3: so these dashing, handsome, heroic leads. Yes. And
1: I expected life to be like Jerry Anderson World. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes it's been like that and often it's been rather disappointing. (laughs) Yes,
3: we find a lot of people say that. It's it's a great shame, unfortunately. So did watching shows like Stingray as as a kid generate an interest in sci-fi for you?
1: Yes, I think it did. I mean, sci-fi was so important, I think, at that time. Um, My father read a lot of sci-fi, and so I would, as I got older, I was picking up his books. My father would watch all these programmes with us. My father would get in the car and he would do Parker's voice, <laughs> and I would be Lady Penelope. And I'd get home, Parker. Wow. Like, yes, my lady. And, and we'd, he'd drive me home, and that would be from school or somewhere, and that was how we did And if, if things were good, it was F-A-B and, you know, and S-I-G, and these things were said all the time as a, a matter of course. So we definitely
3: have a, a core memory there of, of Stingray and Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet. And totally. then you say from Joe 90 and The Secret Service was the one with Stanley the Unwin. Ah, right, yes. They weren't played in as many regions. Yes. Which may account for the fact that you don't, have particularly strong memories, as indeed a lot of people don't. I think the Secret Service was only played in three regions, so it didn't um, generate as, as big an interest as, as the others. Was it something that you sort of carried with you beyond childhood, very far? Or... Yes. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think I could still sing most of the theme tunes. Don't test me. You to, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but. Um... Yes, I think it stays with you. It's it's the way that Doctor Who fans talk to me as well, in that it's kind of a a little core memory of a really good and happy and wholesome part of your childhood, which was full of your own imagination and the imagination that was expanded by science fiction.
3: Mm. Well, that's something that uh, I think Tom Baker speaks quite eloquently about, of meeting people as adults... Who were little kids when they watched him and the feelings that it stirs up yeah. in them. You mentioned uh, Doctor Who there, so I think it's about time that we take a look at um, a vintage episode of Doctor Who that you were in oh. from 1986.
1: Do we? Okay. Yes, right. if you're comfortable with that. <laughs> That's fine, yes. <laughs> oh, similar weather. Yes. <laughs> the exhilarating smell of a freshly laundered forest. Can't beat it. And the twittering of tiny birds and the rustle of small mammals as they forage for food in the underworld. Exactly! And then you're better hearing than me. There are many birds. Listen.
3: I wonder when you notice.
1: None of this makes any sense. Any soil left after the visitation of a fireball would be sterile. Well done. Don't patronize me doctor. You knew from the start this amount of growth wasn't possible.
0: I also knew that as a student of botany, you'd soon realise the truth without
3: any prompting from me.
1: Maybe. Hmm. Is there any intelligent life here?
0: Well, apart from me, you mean? Don't know. Should find
3: out. <laughs> the Doctor and Perry there in happier times before yes. Thoros Beta. So I'm interested, um, obviously, Perry was, I suppose, offered to you as she is going to be an American companion. Was there any sense of having watched these shows where you have a, a fair amount of Canadian and Australian actors doing American accents, but you also have the likes of David Graham in Thunderbirds doing, you know, a British actor doing American accents. Yeah. Was there any, anything you took from the likes of Thunderbirds in terms of the American voice artists and the sound? When it came to Perry.
1: Well, it's, you know, there's, there is a great correlation there, isn't there? Because you've got, um, you have got your American voices, um, uh, you know, like like Shane and Matt. But then you've also got the British um, actors doing the voices as well. And I had sort of grown up with those sounds. So when people say, was an American difficult? I think, no, because that was my childhood, listening to those voices. Yeah. And then I'd also married an American, and I actually basically had stuck with American and Canadians <laughs> yep. because I was just trying to recreate the Jerry Anderson world. Um, <laughs> and so it was just, it was a, totally a, a tune that my ear was, li- was used to listening to.
3: We have here mm-hmm. a Space 1999 lunchbox with oh. some questions from our loyal Podsteron listeners.
1: <clears throat> How about... you?
3: Dig out a couple there for yourself. OK. And see those who have had quite a lot of questions for you. Oh, that looks like quite a long one.
1: Oh, so this is from... I don't know if I'm going to say the name right. Anthony Zetzner. I hope I've said that name correctly, Anthony. What's it like having your own Perry action figure (laughs) and being a pop culture icon? If you could have chosen Perry's attire, what would you have preferred she had worn? Also... Your character, Perry, is a botanist. If you were to have a flower named after you, what would it look like?
3: There's several questions in one there. Yes,
1: that's a busy piece of paper. <laughs> yes. It's so large. Right, well, having an action figure, well, that's a bit surreal, isn't You've it? You've got several action Completely figures, Completely surreal. Yeah. Um, I like that Colin told me, you know, that all of his dolls are sort of lined up in his toilet. <laughs> of course. And people put them into them, yeah. various positions. I've now got some in my cloakroom as right. well. Um, but mostly because I had young stepsons, I would let them play with the dolls. And I ah. remember my youngest stepson... It's not always at, a good idea, is it? Well, you know. No. And, and, and so my youngest, Toby, said to me when he looked at one of them, I think it was the Vengeance on Varos one in the blue shorts, whatever, and he went, that's not your bottom. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure whether mine was better or worse uh, than the doll's, but um, well, that was his opinion. I said, I don't think those are my knees either because they've got great big bolts kind yes, of indeed. going through them. So, um, <laughs> yes, it, it, it's surreal.
3: It is very surreal, yes. yes. I'm not sure where we go from there. I suspect back to the piece of paper <laughs> for the other questions.
1: If I could have chosen Perry's attire, what would you have preferred she had worn? Well, here I am today. We are in the month of February. I'm wearing a wool polo neck, uh, a thermal vest underneath this, very sensible flat shoes, thick socks and leggings. Any of that put so together, sensible and practical, sensible, practical, yes. comfortable, warm. Yes. How was that
3: costume that we we saw in that clip just there compared to some of the others? Because that, as you said, that was quite a uh, that a looks cold-looking fine. day.
1: But it's absolutely rubbish <laughs> because it's a cotton jacket made out of something about as thick as a paper napkin. There's no lining. Um, and then there's a sort of silk top. Um, no lining and not a lot of room. Just squeezed, I think, a thermal vest on underneath that. And wow. then very, very, very thin Cotton trousers which had elastic to go under my foot so that I could wear like a pop sock, you know, like a fake tight with a pair of shoes. No, 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 no. Thick socks, boots, you know, stuff for woolly trousers, thermals, any of these things would have been appreciated. A pair of gloves, a scarf, (laughs) a hat. You
3: know, anything to avoid, anything to avoid hypothermia, hypothermia and similar conditions.
1: And other yes, such things. oh dear. Well, let's dig back into the mm. tin. We'll have, oh, I did think I didn't answer the words? last question. One. Which is, oh, yes, the flower. If uh, a flower, I would be a gerbina. Right. That's the kind Why of flower I would like. It's like a daisy, mm-hmm. but a very nice. It's like a giant daisy. Oh, perhaps like a science fiction version of a small daisy. Right. I'll leave that thought with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Take yourself
3: one more there. We'll, okay. we'll come back to the rest of these in a bit.
1: Okay, what have we got here? Do you enjoy coming back for the 60th anniversary celebration starring in The Tales from the TARDIS? So I think that's more did, but I did. Yes, yes. I did. Had it was a lovely here? little scene,
3: wasn't it? Yes. And it was
1: great to be inside another TARDIS.
2: Yeah, with and Colin again.
1: Yes, with Colin. And that actual keyboard that we used mm. in our version of Tales of the TARDIS is... In the current TARDIS. Oh, right. So it was one of those things that when I went to visit the TARDIS, which we were privileged to do.
3: Was that after you shot the tail yes. thing? Right.
1: I then saw, oh my goodness, we actually have a piece of that TARDIS. So it's like all the TARDIS, the TARDI had a piece in the little TARDIS that we were in. Well, that's the fantastic. TARDIS. So it was very sweet.
3: So you. You've been on the, the new TARDIS set. Do you mm-hmm. get to go on all the new TARDIS sets every time there's a new one? I or don't know. No? I'm, I'm
1: going to try for that now. Yes, I think you should. <laughs> <Yes>.
3: <laughs> well, um, you mentioned um, Matt. Yes. Which, of course, Matt Zimmerman. Matt Zimmerman. Uh, the voice of Alan Tracy yes. from, from Thunderbirds. I would imagine having been on the convention circuit for several decades at this point, you encountered a lot of the voice actors from from Thunderbirds and other Anderson shows. Did you build up any special relationships with, with, yes. with Matt and, um, and others?
1: I um, got to know Shane
2: mm-hmm.
1: from the conventions, but I had worked with Matt on several corporates oh, that right. we'd done together. So oh. I would be playing an American in a corporate and then Matt would be another American right. in a corporate. So, yeah. Um, and I was in love, you know, in that very fickle way with both um, Scott and Virgil. So, and Virgil, you know, yeah, but not Alan. Not, not Alan, no, no, I was definitely not in love with Oh, them. wow. No, sorry about that, Alan. <laughs> uh, yes, definitely in love with both of them. Um, and my first husband was called Scott, and Ooh. I blame that entirely on Thunderbirds. Of course, um, yeah. And, uh, yes, so I got to meet them, and, and we, we had long and lovely chats about Thunderbirds, and Aww. it was wonderful.
3: Yeah, they always came across as very nice. I saw them several lovely. times at, at conventions. Really, I remember really one time lovely. I was standing by a door at the end of a day and Shane just happened to be leaving and he went, goodbye, Chris. And I was like, there was no one else around. So he obviously meant me. <laughs> I didn't even know that I'd registered with him, but apparently uh, I had. And that yeah. was the great thing. They they always made you feel, yeah. as indeed all of the, the people involved with Doctor Who do, they make you feel like you are, you know, you're very welcome. Like we're yeah. old friends, essentially, when you, when you, go to see them at these signings. Well,
1: there are some fans that you see again and again and again. They do start to feel like old friends. Do you have anyone in mind? Yes, exactly. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, then.
2: (laughs)
3: We have another clip to play you here. Uh, This is your first Anderson memory. Oh, yes. Or earliest Anderson memory. Mm. Now, you've sort of hinted at what your first Anderson show was, so it shouldn't be any surprise to anyone watching what we're about to see. But let's have a look anyway. Okay.
2: Stand by for action Yes! Stand by
3: Brings back memories titles of stingray perfect 60 it? it's years old this year
1: perfection
3: but it doesn't look it does it no it's it's ob- so obviously the 1960s but it's also there's this timeless factor yes, to it that it's completely. never gonna it's never gonna age so of the three puppet shows that you mostly remember stingray thunderbirds and scarlet which one is is the king oh
1: i i you know that's like what's who's your favorite doctor yeah um, oh, well, different. That's probably different, in, the that's probably in somewhere, there somewhere. Yeah. But different shows at different ages because mm. you're growing. So if you think I started at four and then seven and then nine, you're, you're grow- I'm sort of growing as the shows are growing. Yeah. Um, I mean, Captain Scarlet is amazing. I mean, and I, what I love in the, every single one of these stories, it's like you're in. Yes. Instantly. Anything can happen in the next half hour, and you go, Yes, it can, it <laughs> can. What's it going to be? A lot of opening title it's like sequences. It gets you, you the adrenaline yeah, going. Yeah,
3: a lot of opening title sequences, you see them, and then the programme starts, and the programme is nothing like the opening titles makes no. you think it will be. That one, that is this Stingray all up. the way through. Yeah,
1: because And had there been a skip button? You know, the, oh, where you can no. skip through the beginning. You would never, no, ever. That's one of the,
3: the worst inventions. Of the titles for these. One of the worst inventions of the 21st century. <laughs> there you are skip- a
1: couple of ones where you think, well, perhaps, yeah. you know, on these shows where you've got you're watching the 36th episode. Oh yeah. And if the music <laughs> isn't as good as that, then you no, definitely no, want to that. No, press the Anderson that. shows are punching. It, I could be watching episode 957, and I would not want <laughs> to skip that theme tune.
3: And it's interesting you mention. Um, the idea of growing up with the shows, because I think a lot of people find that going from Stingray, which is a lot of the time a bit of sort of knockabout fun, Thunderbirds is more grand adventure, yes. and then you get to Captain Scarlet, which is far darker and oh, often yes. quite so dark, quite downbeat. I mean,
1: it's just, it's not children's television—an no. accusation that was made by Do- a course against Doctor Who. Yes, but what it means is it's great. Yeah, that's what it means. It's that's exciting what kids want to see. and yes. dangerous and. If I think about it now, I mean, literally, you start with this scary voice and a dark alley. Yeah. And then someone shoots people and they're all dead and we haven't even got to the titles. It's not started. No. And <laughs> you're like, this is the kind of kids' television I like.
3: It's very, very brutal, <laughs> in your face. Yeah, it's not going to pull any punches. And,
1: and scary. It's mysterious. We don't know what we're fighting against.
3: No, it's invisible. I mean,
1: it's just a couple of rings.
3: Yes, the can strike which anyone. Which i
1: reconstructed with a torch. <laughs> And plaster scene around the torch to try and create the the sort of the O shape on the wall so I could do it to my sister. Coming for you. Did it work? It was a bit rubbish, but we thought it was great, (laughs) you know. And it's that it was just all imagination and all immediacy and all danger, but thrilling danger and Sci-fi danger, UFO danger. I think, I think Scarlet
3: has that thing as well that Doctor Who has to a certain extent of you're scared, but you're also not too scared that you want to stop watching, essentially. And you, if you, want you are scared, going. you
1: still, you, you really want to watch. Yeah. That's it. You're, you're hooked now. It's like doing those rides, those scary yeah. rides that some people like,
2: Absolutely, yeah. you know,
1: they want to go back and do it again.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right, we've got uh, some more questions in the tin for you if you dig out okay. one or two more of those. Mm. What you got there?
1: Now that Big Finish are telling new tales from the world of Anderson, is there a character you would like to have a crack at? Well, oh. All of them. All of them. I, um, I definitely want to be Lady Penelope. Oh, I mean that's
3: we do already have one. I yes, know, but you could.
1: I know. I don't know. So there cruel. might be some
3: way we can <laughs> <laughs> make something happen.
1: Um. Ah, what else would I? I mean, I, villainous. I like the villains' voices yeah. now. I mean, that feels more attuned to me. Um, I loved the fact that um, in Captain Scarlet, all the pilots were women. Yes. Um, so, and that there was the French pilot and various accents oh, throughout yes. those. Did um, that
3: again fuel your interest in in voice work or?
1: No, well, I wasn't thinking in those no. terms then. I was just, although, of course, I was imitating everyone. Yes. I wasn't thinking about it in terms of my career because at that point I still very much wanted to be a ballerina. Mm. But um, it was just, it was more inspiring to think that the women weren't just the housekeepers yeah. or the wives whose dinners got cold because <laughs> he hasn't come back from his adventure. You know, it, it was the fact that they are a part of it. And yeah. The first thing that is launched... Off they go. Yeah, off go the angels. You know,
3: or if international rescue can't handle it on their own, the boys are in over their heads a bit. We get Lady Penelope in to Absolutely. to sort everything out and handles save the, day. the British end. Yes, you know. as they say, um, <laughs> we have one more clip I think here to play you for this week. Um, this is again from the nineteen eighties. Uh, another character with a particularly distinctive voice. Oh, yes, hmm. I'm sure you know who
0: this is. It is still the season of good cheer and we have all our Christmas treats. Nuts, turkey, and presents. Oh, and my goddaughter Millicent. Um, Secure the ornaments, Baldrick.
2: So we put all our presents under our little tree. A scarf for me, a pair of gloves, Mr. Baldrick, and a hat for me.
1: Ah, Millicent,
0: to what do I owe this excellent pleasure?
1: just on the off chance. Well, you know, Christmas is a time traditionally connected with presents. Uh, it is indeed. And look, a lovely hat for my
2: dear goddaughter. Oh, thanks. Oh, and look, a scarf and a
1: pair of gloves to match. <laughs> That's not bad, I suppose.
2: <laughs> That's jolly good.
1: I'm sorry, I can't stop. I thought perhaps I might come back tomorrow at lunch time. Oh, what
2: a splendid idea. Fiddled Thanks
1: for all the prezzies. Why don't you take the flipping tree? Oh, you are sweet! Bye! My, what a jolly young girl.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pity she nicked all the
1: presents. So a
3: two-part question for that. (laughs) Where did that laugh come from and where is it now?
1: Oh, um, well, uh, to answer the second part first, it's still there. Yes? But I don't no. like using it very often. No, no, no. I get that's reco- what, what requested I a great deal. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, no, it's, it's still perfectly available. Fantastic. So, how did that,
3: that all come about?
1: Well, when I did the audition for the part, they said they were um, looking to create this sort of very strange, odd character, possibly with a very peculiar laugh. And I think I got the job because I said, well, I collect laughs. Ah. And they were like, okay. And I said, well, here's the woman on the train as I was travelling down because I was working in Chester at the time. Right. And I gave them the woman on the train, which was a particularly interesting laugh. I can't remember who she was, but it was one that was just fresh in my mind. And then I said, and this is the laugh that I'm currently using, playing Honey in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? And that was Honey's laugh. And then I think that kind of got them intrigued that I'm... My ear was attuned yes. to that. And then when we got to the rehearsal, Ben Alton said, I'm looking for something so irritating, <laughs> um, so obnoxious, a sort of machine gun, staccato, high-pitched, horrible. And then because of the way that the BBC rehearsal rooms were set up, um, we were on the gents' toilet floor. Ah, And he literally... The only space where you could go and be quiet was the gents' toilet. So I went into the gents' toilet to find my laugh. Okay. Um, So I found it in the gents' toilet. Um, Right. And then then I went back and gave them... I said, this is your first option, and they went with the first option. Oh, fantastic. So they had a choice. They did. Ah. And Secure the Ornaments had not been in the script until they heard my sound. And then from that came those extra two lines because they felt they needed to say something about it yes. after I'd left.
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. But they were nice to work with um, Tony and Lovely. Everybody yes? was lovely. Oh, fantastic. Really lovely. Let's give you one more uh, question from our
1: listeners mm. here. OK. Let's try this one. What have we got? Ooh. From Andrew Leyland. Ah. What is your favourite breed of dog?
3: Ah, the main
1: question. Now, you see, everyone will expect me to say... Daxxys, yes. Because I have two three-quarter Daxxys, and I do love those. But I think my favourite breed is Rescue.
3: Ah, yes.
1: You know, because they are incredible dogs. Um, Harvey's an incredible dog. But yeah. I don't think... So Marnie's I don't a rescue, isn't she? Yeah, Marnie's yeah. a rescue. And I don't think I'm breed-specific in that I think when you rescue a dog, it, it, it does so much for your own soul and your own heart, and watching them developing yeah. and, and knowing you've saved a little life is just the best feeling it's in the world. a
3: wonderful thing to have yeah. done yeah well i think that brings us to the end of part one of our interview Would can't you be come it's only been five seconds week? i know <laughs> uh but before we let you go for this week um where can our listeners find you online if they fancy following you
1: oh uh i am on twitter mm-hmm. uh, i think i'm the nicola bryant which was meant to be a joke because i think there's another one And uh, same hashtag on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think I'm also to be found on other sites that I don't inhabit. I'm on Threads. Threads is pretty fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm on this other thing, Bluebird or whatever it's called. Blue Sky. Oh, Blue Sky, yeah. Yes, but I haven't really... Cottoned on to that one,
3: and of course, Harvey and Marnie have their own Instagram. I believe Harvey and
1: Marnie yes. do, but they're they're very lazy. Oh, they dear. are very lazy. I've well, not trained them well enough. They haven't got well
3: the thumbs to work the phone, They should so, work better. Yes,
1: yes. yes. it says oh. due claws. They're not very good. They're doing their best. Yes, you know. Yeah. So you'll come back next week for uh, part two of this interview. And yes, if I could just stay till the summer, and then we yeah. might be finished by about well, end of we'll June. We'll still be here. Yeah, yeah I I think that's so. fine. Fine. Well.
3: That wraps it up for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, Nicola Bryant.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Nicola Bryant. Uh, what a joy and a pleasure. I know. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? And I think all born out of some tweets that uh, Chris Dale noticed um, a while back. Really? Where she commented on uh, some, having watched some Jerry Anderson shows. Well done, Chris. So we thought, well, we must get her in. Yeah. And there she was. Back next week. So she Uh, should be For more thoughts and uh, no doubt we'll be hearing more about her favourite Anderson memories and things like that A bit about her work I hope as well Yeah, yeah, yeah. very busy woman actually A little bit of chat about Big Finish perhaps Now, oh Big Finish of course, yes Mm, Yes. She does that too Uh, Would you like to uh, open the door and uh, it's getting a bit stuffy in here isn't it So should we let some air in? (laughs) What are you saying? Oh Yeah, All right. fair enough This is the voice
2: of the Podsterons.
0: Yes, it's the Voice of the Podstron's uh, podcast at GerryAnderson.com is the easy-to-remember email address. It's so easy. Isn't it? One never forgets it. Quite. Mm. Uh, for example, uh, Jake F. Grave oh. says, uh, as Chris Dale would say, Hi, Hi guys. guys. There.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: just now, I was looking at Chris Thompson's beautiful size chart ah. of the Jerry Anderson vehicles. Mm. And at the same time, I was thinking about those videos that compare the sizes of things. Open brackets, buildings, planets fictional objects etc of course close brackets yes uh, i don't know about the possibility of this but would it be possible to create a video showing every anderson vehicle from smallest to largest gosh i know it's just a random idea but i wonder what other podstrons think of it keep up the good work jake F. Grave. i think a complete video yes from ev- with every vehicle yes from from smallest to largest yep. would be great yes and I think the randomizer should begin work on that immediately. Right. No. He's not even listening. No. No. Uh, but what Rude. would be... What, tell me, what is the smallest and what is the largest? I don't know. Anyone? The smallest? No. <laughs> Black looks. Largest. <laughs> four. Thunderbird 4, potentially. Mole, maybe? Well, no, it's, uh, wouldn't it be the little um, <laughs> the little Stingray uh, mini-things? Stingray mini-things. <laughs>
2: Aquasprites.
0: Aquasprites. 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 That That's pretty small, isn't it? Yeah. Well,
2: what's the... There's yeah. Some well. Anyway. Discussion going on here. Yeah. The jetmobiles.
0: The, the jetmobiles. Jetmobiles. <laughs> okay. We obviously need some help from our listeners. Get in touch. Let yes. us know. Smallest and largest. That's all we're after. Well, we don't even know. We're on the, we run the Jerry Anderson podcast. I know, but we don't profess to be the complete experts in these things. <laughs> no, we're no, just. Thank we're you. just. What was it? A couple of middle-aged blokes. Yeah, you talking keep about boring bringing stuff. that up. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why do you keep going back to that? It's the truth. Uh, I've got a very short one. (laughs) I had heard. From Jack McMorrow here. Uh, Jack McMorrow says, I miss the weekly news. (gasps) The news is my favourite segment. Right. Uh, And he signs off, Witness the fitness of reflection of perfection. <laughs> what does that mean? I, I don't know, but I, I, I like it. <laughs> I feel like it's a d- direct compliment to but, us uh, somehow. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I'll take that. But he so, misses the news. Well, you've just had a bit of a chunk there, so yeah. Isn't, isn't it more weeks? exciting to have it now and then mm-hmm. you build up the anticipation? Hi Jamie, Richard and Chris Uh, Just wondering if Craig Morris answered your text Jamie, about the old radio interviews with Jerry. I have to say I was quite chuffed that you read out the email and live texted Craig during the podcast and it got me thinking am I the first podstron to affect the running of an episode Uh, Anyway, looking forward to a great year and all things Jerry Anderson Kind regards from Joe Etheridge So you had a response What was was even the question? Um The question was Craig, we've had a question on the podcast. Have you got recordings of your old interviews with dad? Right. Craig responded uh, two hours and 21 minutes later. Yeah, well, okay. Ah, sadly not. Oh. well, that's got to be the biggest letdown ever. Yeah. So there you go. There's your answer. Well, I well, hope it was worth waiting that's for. True. It was an answer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but other things turn up all the time. We're always finding new, old interviews and mm. stuff like that. So, mm. you know, although Craig's are lost, there'll be somebody else somewhere. Yeah. So I'm sure yeah. we'll find more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have got one here from Guy Knowles from Stockton-on-Tees in County Durham. <laughs> have you? Mm. Have you? <laughs> it feeling lyrical then. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Uh, hello, Jamie, Richardson Chris Hi. of the Jerry Anderson podcast, just so we don't get confused oh, with I the see. other Jamie, Richard and Chris yeah. of some other podcast. My name is Guy Knowles. We know. <laughs> That no. Guy, because I've read the end already, sorry. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of Jerry Anderson shows like Thunderbirds, Stingray, Captain Scarlet, Joe 90, and the list goes on. I love listening to you all on the Jerry Anderson podcast, and I love Chris Dale's randomizer. Oh. And I can't wait till the Thunderbirds episode, Operation Crash Dive, comes out on it, which is my favourite Thunderbirds episode, by the way. Well, that makes sense. Why he's so excited about yes. it? Yes. I have many questions about Thunderbirds. Oh no. But one that I can't stop thinking about is what does Parker have that Carano doesn't? I mean, this could open a can of worms. I really like Carano and wish he was featured more, but why is Parker, Lady Penelope's butler for those who don't know, um, why does he become such a flagship character over the decades even though he doesn't reside on Tracy Island. Oh. I would also have preferred that Tintin, Corano's daughter, was the main female character in Thunderbirds instead of Penelope, since she also resides on Tracy Island, the main base. Anyway, thanks for keeping Jerry's Jerry's legacy alive from Guy Knowles from Stockton-on-Tees in County Durham. <laughs> right, very specific. England. Thanks, Guy. thanks uh, Guy. That's interesting. Well, I think the the, the, the Lady Penelope and, and Parker sort of situation of relationship, op- Broadens out that whole universe mm. you can't just have Opens the up the Tracy, world, Island not it? Thing in a in a bubble. Yeah. And they were also designed to be, you know, a sort of slightly comedy duo, which yeah. you didn't have between Carano and Tintin. That, True. That wasn't Bit the, of the relationship. <laughs> mm. so. And, you know, what did uh, what did Parker have that Carano didn't? Fab One. Right, OK. And Lady Penelope. And Lady Penelope. <laughs> and all the Associated stuff. And a criminal record. Actually, we don't know if Carano didn't have a criminal record, I don't think. Right. But- Oh, there could be a fab fact in this. Yes, maybe next week's fab fact (laughs) Carano's secret criminal (laughs) records. Uh, Yeah, in fact, Podstron, if you know what crimes Carano may have committed before taking his job on Tracy Island, please do email us podcast at jerryanson.com. Excellent. Uh, Well, Guy will be very pleased because we've reached that part of the podcast, but the randomizer, we just sit back and let Chris. Take over again. Is it Thunderbird's Operation Crash? No, I don't know because it's random. Oh, okay. But I'm guessing he's got Nicola Bryant to press the button on the old rando. Oh, well, that is exciting. Do your best or worst, Nicola. Good, Good luck. luck. Nicola, my dear, thank you ever so much for coming all the way to Slough to see
3: us today. you um, We have the randomizer here. I hear you're just itching to press
1: the button on this today. That's an understatement.
3: So, whenever you're ready, okay. go at it and here we'll again. see what you can produce today. That's it, well done. Any particular series you're hoping
1: might come up today? Oh, almost anything, almost because anything. I love them all. She's yes. going to
3: get some torchy in that
1: case. So be careful <laughs> what you wish for. Ah,
3: no, it's not torchy. What is that we've got
1: there? Is that Hawks? It's Terrorhawks, Hawks. Episode 32. How do you know this? Well, I'm, I'm a very knowledgeable woman. Very knowledgeable woman. It, it also,
3: kind of doesn't hurt uh, that we have the script right here <laughs> so she's cheating a bit but yes Terra tomb one of my favorites thank you very much you're welcome you come back again and press the button
1: next one? i'd love to
3: brilliant so we welcome back to the randomizer uh after it was only on here at christmas Terra hawks with an episode from the second series Terra tomb uh, which i happen to have an original script for. Uh, I picked this up on eBay reasonably recently. I believe this uh, originates from the model department. Uh, this is copy number 21 if you're interested. So I might refer to this through the episode uh, to see if there's any differences between the script and the episode. Although I don't think there are that many with this unfortunately. But I do love this this opening with, with Zelda making her threat to the Earth. Uh, it's the the fact that she's got the old-fashioned
2: Zelda!
3: microphone, kind of like the, she would have if she was working at the BBC in the 50s, I think it's a lovely touch. And we go from that to a fantastic explosion. Um, <laughs> poor little poor little Goybel covering her ears and this is a scene where if you're paying close attention I think it's it comes up at the bottom right you can see um, Christine Glanville operating Zelda top of her hair just uh, appears this shot there she is briefly Uh, but this is very sweet as well it stars created a, a lovely new bomb and gets a terrifying doll uh, as a reward. Um,
2: My little doll.
3: The doll's name is Wee Star.
2: Uh, in the
3: script W-E-E Star. It's slightly nightmarish scene this one I find. Um, yes not only for the use of the doll which has the most interesting eyes but it's this bit. The switch from Goebel to... pit After you, men, uncle! <laughs> and you get the dramatic music. Why not? like a dramatic drum beat as well.
2: Granny! Granny,
3: sir! Just reinforcing again that Youngstar's life since its star came along is absolute hell. This I find adorable. No, I wasn't! you you were! Leave them alone, youngs! It's just, what is this show? If you show this episode to someone who's never seen this series, they would think you're insane. They would say, really, there's 30 episodes of
2: this.
1: Devious plan
3: Strange characters. A strange family. Um, and it's about to get a lot stranger, of course. As we join Hero on Space Hawk. You look truly magnificent.
0: So tall. So, so beautiful. beautiful. I can follow along with the script. Lieutenant, not you, one one. Ah. I was talking to my narcissus. It's just come into bloom.
1: Ow! I see. <laughs>
3: Some uh, lovely uh, 101 bruised ego stuff here, but also one of the greatest 101 moments. Speaking to one of my boys. <laughs> I love what Robbie does with this character all the way along, and it, having watched him do it, you see him skimming the script and just looking for any moment with 101 that can be. Uh, and Built up to make the character a bit more extravagant. Open fire! Fire! Speaking of, we have the return of Yuri the Space Bear, um, hot on the heels of his previous appearance in the series, in the episode First Strike, which I think was the one made immediately before this. Um, quite rare that one of the recurring monsters would immediately be straight back in, uh, but. Yuri is always great fun and here we discover that he's bent my missile what has <laughs> happened to the thief is that is that line in the script? Oh, I hope it is No, that line is not in the script in the script. We have now lieutenant. It was a very near myth
1: It's just entering earth's atmosphere.
3: No scrap that it is in there So obviously that line was recorded, and then later he says something bent my missile completely ignoring me. Mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh dear, this isn't helping actually having a script. But I love, I love the, the fact that young Star is so terrified by this utter crash dive. And Yuri, because he's fixed in this permanent smiley face, all he can do is make his silly noises. And yet it's revealed he's, a, he's an expert pilot here. I never quite understood with, uh, with the Zeefs who, was, who had the controls and who didn't. It seemed to vary from time to time.
0: Yuri, you may
1: be ugly, but you certainly know how to fly.
0: Mother!
3: The script for Yuri just has Yuri pleased noises.
1: <laughs>
3: it has descriptions for each of the kind of noises that he will make.
2: yet, yet. It, is it is all part of, of my, my most, most devious, devious plan.
1: Did you give young Star the super macro Bomb?
3: Oh, I... And we're coming up on a moment here that was um, edited out on first broadcast in the UK. He has a bum in his pocket. Wonderful! This line from Zelda was not shown on first broadcast, I don't One think.
1: One day, I'm going to nail that to your skull. I presume
3: ITV censors were worrying about children nailing wigs to their skulls. Uh, it wasn't the first time they censored the show because of course we have that wonderful sequence in Two for the Price of One of Sir uh, Star giving birth to Itstar. So much of that was cut as well. Um, it's quite sweet that this show is, is so screwed up that even though it's a kid's show, it is uh, capable of disturbing the, the ITV censors. All right, Mary, drop Battle Tank. 10, 10. And of course, looking at the script here, you have every single shot, even a, a quick one like that, is is marked individually. Um, with some interesting descriptions.
0: Zero, send the battle tank round to that Zif. If it attempts to take off, shoot it down. Shoot it down? Yes, sir. You can rely on me, sir.
3: But these are some nice outside sets here, and I think it's it's interesting that by this point we have largely moved away from the deserts that the Ziefs would always crash land in, always some very wide open sandy exteriors. This is a nice sort of path of trees that the battle tank has to to make its way through to get to the Zief, which of course is empty, uh, because we have this rather glorious shot coming up of Youngstar and Yuri hiding in the bushes. Or hiding behind some rocks, I should say. Is someone aboard. Have it search the area. Cha. Yes, exterior rocks. Yuri and Youngstar pop their heads out from behind cover. And this is how it's realized on screen. But, but again, I, I love the sense of scale that they've built up here with the, the back paintings of all those trees and the mountains and such. It's. It's a lovely touch. It's uh, very much a sort of Bob Ross kind of scene. It's quite uh, quite nice and and relaxing to look at. The battle tank, sir.
0: It's out of action. Has it been hit? No, sir. It's uh, a malfunction. Check it out, Zero. Sir.
3: And this was always a thing with, with Yuri episodes. Metallic things being bent out of shape. Metallic characters being duffed up, to use Zero's words. But what I find interesting with this is uh, the Terrorhawks never quite seem to work out that it's the same space bear that they're encountering. They, They meet Yuri in his first episode. There he is. And even though he wears... I think he does continue wearing the name tag. That's a gorgeous shot of him. Rubbing his chin while thinking. They, they recognise, oh, that's a space bear, but they don't recognise it's the same space bear.
2: Tank? Mother, the controls are jammed. Mother!
1: It's crashed.
2: So, the battle
0: tank seems to be operational again, so. All right, Zero, bring it back. We're returning to
3: Hawk Nest. Sure. And it is a very clever plan that Zelda's Wonder hatched here.
2: Her
3: because the Terrorhawks Let's don't show. seem inclined to investigate yes, the wreckage.
1: Come here
2: immediately.
3: We are coming me? up on a, a deleted bit from the, the script here, actually. It was that
1: horrible little bear mother. He bent the battle tank, but then he bent my feet.
3: There's a bit from Zelda and Goy Birl has been cut there. Zelda explains that he used his power of telekinesis and Goybeurl goes
0: telly who?" And
3: then it cuts to to Birl Goy. Telekinesis the ability to bend metal with the mind. I don't know if that was shot and cut for time. There are some, I think there's one episode Time Warp where each release, there's a scene where a crucial line has been cut that was shot and each time it's been re-released There's been another cut made to it that's made that moment even make even less sense, unfortunately. Anywho...
1: But our very little friend...
3: We have one one of my favourite shots of the entire series here. (laughs) I just love the idea of of this stupid little character. Yes, he is wearing his name badge, so there's no excuse for the Terrorhawks not to recognise him. He's very helpful in wearing his name badge. Okay. Yeah, just the shot of a nice teddy bear on the end of a parachute is, is so sweet. But now we're back at Hawk Nest.
1: is Zelda, ruler of the universe. This
3: we have a bit of a problem.
1: is to tell you that there is now a bomb in your stinking lair.
3: Some nice background music here as well, which isn't on the soundtrack CD. I suspect this might come from Midnight Blue. It can be
0: aboard battle hook. Right, ten fifty. Ten ten.
3: Yuri is outside. We can't open the White House because of his telekinesis. Abort takeoff. 10-10. And it is amazing how Yuri looks so cute, so adorable, and then just the addition of those hood-like glowing eyes. Suddenly, we have a, a quite a sinister little chap on our hands. Emergency landing.
0: Zero, sound the alarm. Taw. This is a 10.90.
2: The Terrorhawks are sealed in their tomb. And in one hour from now, they will be blown to smithereens.
3: A nice little moment again with we Star, But then we get this fourth wall-breaking moment. And they are going to keep. Which Star did every so often. And no one is going to laugh because I will not allow them to. Even though that's kind of an odd line to go into the ad break with, I don't understand who he thinks would be laughing, uh, aside from possibly him for having a doll. Ah, we're recording SOS again for the hundredth time. I guess they, they didn't get it right on the previous recording. Uh, but who cares, this is, I've said before, I love the Kate Kestrel songs. I do, I do really enjoy this one, and I also love the way this, this sequence is directed, particularly that tracking shot approaching Kate there. This is also an interesting point to, to bring up the fact that in the script, and this goes back to what I said earlier about 101, what Robbie brings to a live performance of Stewed Apples. Because so much of the dialogue in the script here is the most basic of points. But it's Robbie who then takes these lines and just spins them off into okay,
0: I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I mean, you just ruined it. I mean they say thirteen is
3: I mean one line out one word out of ten in that is in the script. Where's she gone? What's happening? And it's just wonderful to watch him play you and realize that he's got it on the end of his on the tip of his tongue. 24-7. I
0: think this is what I think of you man and listen, I think you are a great fat, stupid man. The script doesn't
3: complete that sentence. Uh, I suspect Robbie might have done in the studio. Hi.
0: Yes, madam. I've always had a secret yearning to be a Bentley.
3: But, um, of course, they don't really need to rush to Hawk Nest like this because I'm sure Hawkeye, who presumably is up in the White House, has got it all under control. Hawkeye will save them. If this didn't fall during that part of the series where Hawkeye tends not to be on the show anymore. For um, reasons minute, that are never explained.
0: Wait a minute, the elevator might work. Hmm.
3: It's jammed too.
0: Yes. And got I, a I don't
3: know if that was uh, action figures away. there, or no possibly miniature turn. sort of claymation type figures.
0: Then I'd better get started. But
3: we're coming up on this sequence here, where I think they do animate an action figure, or some kind of, of miniature figure. I, I do like the passing of time here. Yeah, I'm, that shot there, what is it, it's, it's quite brief, is thankfully. But it's, it just sells Mary, the illusion you. Oh, that this is uh, you know, such a long way up to the White House. You, oh, and I love Yuri because he's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> if very easily distracted.
1: Change to camouflage, Hudson. <laughs>
2: mary i made it
1: fantastic tiger
2: fantastic mary time's running out we need to move
1: party
3: yeah again the question of where hawkeye is maybe he's on leave i don't know
0: and stand by for takeoff 10 10
3: but uh, we see here that Yuri is fairly easily Jake, distracted. You there? We're here, Tiger. By uh, I can't see you. sudden That's loud awesome. noises. Listen, Tiger. The White House is jammed and it just happened.
1: There's a space bear loose in the grounds.
3: But it's not I they don't seem the to tweet that it's the same space bear.
0: Telekinesis
3: even though it's uh Hell.
0: We have to drain his mind
3: into our computer. Even though it's clearly the same one because he's wearing the same gear and he's got the same name tag. Here's what we do.
2: Sergeant Major!
3: And this is a lovely
2: moment from Zero. Sergeant Major!
3: And also for Mary actually, Zero's gonna do the the manly thing. Fly (laughs) Battlehawk, if that bomb goes off, I die. Make the ultimate sacrifice.
2: Sergeant Major! Open this door! Ours is not a reason why. Ours is but to do and die. Huh?
3: But of course we've established by this point in the series that Zero has feelings of his own for Mary. Um, so he does care. He's not going to leave her out there when she pulls this little trick. Ooh. Oh, yeah. you made me jump. Enough. <laughs> but this is a sweet moment coming up as well where We've seen Zero sneak into Tiger's chair every so often.
1: Get into the doctor's chair and stand by.
3: And now there's an actual reason for him to do it, uh, other than sneakily playing the video game.
1: Ready for takeoff?
3: 10-10. All right, Kate, go. And meanwhile, Hawkeye is uh, still in the bath, scrubbing his feet, I suppose. A little uh, I, I just love how easily yeah, okay. distracted from, from his uh, Evil plan Yuri gets here.
1: Five minutes and victory will be
2: mine. Start engines. Ten, ten. Let me go alone, Mom.
1: It's no longer a man's world, Sergeant Major. Ooh. Start engines. Sure.
3: And having heard that from her, he immediately accepts it. There's no more question. Is
1: he
2: in
3: She's going with. Not quite. Perhaps a more musical approach, madam. And this is right. an interesting use of something that was. Introduced in the very first episode of Terrorhawks, and then I don't think they made much more use of this huge antenna statue thing over the Rose Garden Which you you don't even see very often in establishing shots, and now they're actually going to make it part of the story for a change According to the script, Yuri is mesmerized uh... That's quite a lot to ask this particular puppet to achieve, but. Mary, take off.
1: We can't. The White House won't open.
2: Mary, trust me.
1: Ten, ten. One minute. The end is nigh, Earthman.
3: And it's such a simple idea for a story, but it's. Can bend metal. Oh. Tiger's attempted an action hero line there. It's such a simple idea, but like with a lot of the, the best Terrorhawks episodes, the simple ideas bring out some great character moments. And here we have Yuri, once again, uh, for the third time in his four appearances on the show, getting defeated by something heavy falling on top of him. Uh, although this doesn't instantly kill him. They, they're doing something um, I don't quite understand here. They're talking about draining his mind into the hawk nest computer Uh, whatever that means it's distracted him long enough to let battlehawk go and presumably that would kill him and speaking of killing people we drop the battle tank here and there it goes presumably that's the battle tank we've seen all series with the megazoids still stuck in it presumably there's no way to get them out they're dead poor megazoids Oh, oh, there's another appearance of the prop telephone that I own on Tiger's desk there. I do love my prop telephone. I've mentioned it several times before. Oh,
2: my poor little Star.
3: It does also address the question that some people bring up sometimes, of what happens in the White House when they open it up. Does everything fall all over the place? You wouldn't have thought it would, but this episode establishes, yes, everything does fall all over the place. Oh, dear. Yuri. Although in the script, it actually says that um, the room is on its side. Einstein is hanging by his fingertips from the windowsill. So evidently they either changed that or decided they, they couldn't shoot it.
2: Well, Yuri. Ah, there he
1: Where is it?
3: Oh, wow, wow, oh, wow.
1: Under the
3: ice. And an extended bit of humor at Youngstar's expense here. I like that Zelda isn't so angry with Yuri and the failure of her plan that um, she won't sort of co conspire with Yuri here to uh, make Youngstar look like an idiot.
2: gurgling
1: half for believing me.
3: And Yuri agrees, because of course he does. And, and that's Yuri's final appearance in Terrorhawks, unfortunately. I, I have a real soft spot for the little guy, as indeed I have a real soft spot for that episode. I just think that's great all the way around. As I said, it's, it's such a simple idea, but it makes use of, of the characters on both sides to create something pretty special. Um, the, the pacing is just so, so quick, so energetic. Uh, it doesn't have that, that, that thing that a lot of the early episodes do, as I've said, extensively. Um, that Some of them are a bit too talky, a bit too um, dialogue heavy. This is just, it's slim, it's brisk, it gets the job done, and it does it with style, and it does it with some lovely characters, which is, uh, which is the hallmark of a great Hawks episode. Even though, as I said, where the heck is Hawkeye? We don't know. We will never have an answer to that question. But in the meantime, Terra Tomb is a very good episode of Terror Hawks. Thank you, Nicola.
0: Terror Hawks. Terror Tomb. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I to check it was that. <laughs> <laughs> well, surprise, though, yeah, i surprised, didn't I? Well, I love Terror Hawks. A Terror Hawks fan see... fact and a Terror Hawks know. Randomizer. Your little face is beaming. I've never seen you so alive with energy and really? enthusiasm. It's hard to I've tell the difference. one time. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, it's good. Terrorhawks, I mean, yeah, nice. I thanks, suppose. Chris. Thanks, yeah. Nicola. Yes, thanks, Nicola. She'll be back next week to press the button again because she's got the second part of our interview to come in as well. Yeah, so, well, Guy will have to hope that she does better button pressing for Thunderbirds Operating last yeah. Time next time. Is he sure that that hasn't happened already? It's not been shown on the randomizer. I don't know. I mean, the randomizer himself could opine on this. No. No? He's, no, that was, no. yeah, the, the little silence there was Chris <laughs> furiously shaking his head. Absolutely not. It hasn't been on. So. Okay. Uh, well, I think we've reached the end of the runway. We've run out of runway. That's Ready. it for the Jerry Anderson podcast, 296. Yeah, so okay. that, we'll have to come back next week and do the have next to. episode. Yeah? Do we have to. Yes, we do. <sighs> well, we've got people to, you know, think of. We can't disappoint our loyal listeners and viewers. All right, even those that don't subscribe or follow us on the various oh. podcast platforms. Talks. Talks. Uh, but in the meantime, email us at podcast at with your thoughts, comments, reviews. Views, and just general gubbins. I All right. said it. Uh, lovely gubbins. Also, just while I remember, I yeah. think on Spotify, mm-hmm. there is now a new feature mm-hmm. called Q&A, mm-hmm. where you can ask your questions directly on the Spotify feed while listening to the podcast and they get emailed to us maybe I don't know that's a bit weird okay great so if you're listening on Spotify please do go to the Q&A section and ask us a question and if it isn't there then I haven't activated it and (laughs) email us and tell them we haven't okay (laughs) let's move on I think it's the end now yeah I think so okay bye goodbye
2: Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green.
0: Do you know what the, the thing that's making me rather sad? I know you said I was bright and beaming were, or whatever. but now I can sense a sort of a deflation. It's because I realised yeah. many, many, many weeks ago, yeah. we suggested that we'd love to have some physical post from our lovely podster office. Yes. And now we are, I think, two and a half months hence. <laughs> it's nice to say the word hence. Uh, and we've had not one jot of post. <laughs> not one jot? No. No. Is, do you think that's a just the nature of the digital world we yeah. live in or yeah. is it the fact that nobody gives a toss? No, don't say that. No, it's just or is it both? people don't write letters anymore. do they not? No. But, no. you know, we could always hope. Maybe next week. We'll keep an eye on the post. And I see hope what so. Because you know, I'm feeling a bit unloved if I'm honest. <laughs> right. You're supposed to say something to pep me up there. Um, goodbye. Bye. That was an Anderson Entertainment production.